Hello and welcome to So What's a Problem, a podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth, in this case my youth, to determine whether they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing 48 Hours, that's HRS, mm-hmm. which was released in the US on December 8th, 1982, in the UK, December 14th, 1982, in Ireland on June 24th, 1983. It was written by Walter Hill, Roger Spottiswood, uh, Larry Gross and Stephen D'Souza. St- sorry, Stephen E. D'Souza. Yeah. Directed by Walter Hill. It stars Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy, James Remar, Sonny Landham, and oh, Annette O'Toole, a woman. <laughs> There's more than one woman, but yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, those dumb skirts. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, Jen, what's your history with 48 Hours? You watched it last night for the first time, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a movie that I knew existed. Yeah, that's about it. I well, I knew I couldn't have even told you who was in it if you'd asked me. Right. Okay. Uh, all I knew is I knew one line because it was referenced on Felicity. Right. That's all I knew about it. What was the line? I'm gonna have sex, Jack. Right. Uh, and it's so funny because it's a scene where like one of the characters says it and the other one's like, what? And she's like, oh, this is a reference my friend and I used to make, but I don't remember the movie. So they sit there just saying the line over and over trying to remember the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I could feel the line coming, even though I'd never seen it before. So I said it with him and Dylan paused it. And he was like, what is that? That's something. What is that? And before I could answer, he was like, no, but let me think about it. And he was literally recreating the scene, just sitting there saying the line over and over again. <laughs> so that was the that might be my positive for the movie was that nice little moment Dylan and I had uh, referencing Felicity. <laughs> What's your history? Well, it's one I watched when I was younger. Um, not when it was released, because I would have been about five years old when it came out on um, VHS. But as I got older, um, I think I did see this first before the sequel. Uh, I may have watched it when it was on TV, so it would have been edited. Um, but then, yeah, I watched it on VHS throughout and then also the sequel uh, Jen's going to hate me here because I'm going to tell her that we're going to get to the sequel at some point because um, that's <laughs> uh, let me hold on let me tell you a story <laughs> so we're sitting there we're watching this movie right Right. and I'm like I am very bored with what is happening right now Yeah. and we get about 15 minutes into it and Dylan's like you know what and he pauses it and, you know, the title pops up mm-hmm. in the corner. And he's like, yeah, this is another 48 hours. So I've seen the first 15 minutes of another 48 <laughs> hours because Dylan picked the wrong thing in the Amazon Prime menu. I was really I was really mad. But also I I was a little tipsy. And so that was 15 minutes where I got to sober up a little. Right. Yeah. OK, fair enough. So you've seen 15 minutes of the, the sequel. Right. This is a prime example of what this podcast is supposed to be about. Rewatching it now, I hadn't seen it for about 10 years, maybe longer. So rewatching it now, it's not particularly good. It's, um, there's stuff in it that I remember liking when I was younger that just don't hit well now because, I don't know, I, just, I mean, I like to fight scene between Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, and I liked Eddie Murphy, but apart from that, Watching it now, I'm just, yeah. But I think it's a good pick because we have stuff to talk about. Um, if the movie pisses one of us off, I think it's a good pick, Jen. Because that's, that's, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can't see Jen, but she's given 
me such a face on Zim. She does not like this movie. Uh, Tell them the message you woke up to this morning. Yeah, the message I woke up to this morning that Jen sent to me. Uh, uh, she sent it to me at quarter to three a.m. my time. And I got it when I got up at about half past nine. And the message read, I hate you. Um, so <laughs> I knew straight away that Jen had watched the movie. <laughs> I also went on Facebook and told everyone that I hate Scottish people completely just based on this experience. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Surely you understand where I'm coming from, though, that this is a this is what the podcast is supposed to be about. I watched this growing up. I liked this growing up, and it's problematic. <laughs> well, when we get to my third problem, we'll really get into like one of the big reasons why I hate you. Oh, okay. Because you might be surprised. It's not all pretty. You know, I can't wait. I can't wait to find out why my friend hates me. That's good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, my first problem. I'll just start with this. This movie doesn't like women very much. That's one of my problems with misogyny. Let me read some words to you. Or some, some phrases and some words. Mm -hmm. uh, sweet pants. Yep. That's what you call a woman. Yeah. Uh, dumb skirt. Mm -hmm. I have the words piece of ass written here. I'm not sure if someone called someone a piece of ass to their face or behind their back, but that's there. And then if we are going, like in misogyny, can we just kind of lump in um, uh, homophobia as well? Because you have dykes. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the F word. Mm -hmm. Was that all I had written down with this stuff? And also my favorite line, they said something about being upset or something. If I don't get some trim before the night's over. Yeah. He he uses the word trim a couple of times. Yeah. That's really gross. Yeah. Yeah. The F word you're meaning as the food faggot. product. Yeah. Faggot. It's a food product in the UK. I can see it. I guess if I said dyke, I, I Yeah, I suppose. Faggot, yeah, you right? could. Yeah. Even the cops are dicks to the receptionist in a hotel. There's mm -hmm. no reason for that. Mm -hmm. Last thing they did before they died. Exactly. Uh, and I wrote, sure, more men get shot and killed, but women actually suffer more. Mm -hmm. Because, like, a man would just get shot in the head and that's him gone. But then a woman will get, like, dragged about and uh, shouted at and called names. And uh, Annette O'Toole is just a moaner. She's just there to moan and complain and bitch. Mm -hmm. um, then she disappears from the movie. And also, spoilers, she's not in the sequel. Um, uh, Rosalie is there just to be leveraged for the cash and she too disappears. Well, but she, she may have died. Um, she's she's a, a... It doesn't matter if the skirt dies no, or not. We don't need to She's know. kidnapped and then we'd never see her again. Because the bus drives away, they kill her boyfriend, and then the bus drives away and we don't see or hear. No one mentions a dead body or anything on the bus when the bus gets found. So nobody gives a shit about her. And she was probably, like, the most innocent person in the bloody movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then all the other, mostly all the other women are sex workers and get treated like shit. Um, I'm going to read something to you from Wikipedia. Okay. Okay. This is from the section about the writing of the film. Okay. Um, it says, uh, Gross says his main contributions were the idea that Reggie Hammond wants badly to have sex after three years in prison, which, come on, that is not very original because that's 
I mean, that's a trope, right? Nick Nolte having a relationship with his girlfriend that mirrored the frustration Eddie was having. I don't really understand how that mirrors it, but whatever. Uh, Improving the nuances of the relationships between Nick and his girl. Because there were nuances. Uh, His boss and the killers. The killers were sharpened up and made more interesting. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, whenever Walter could invent a monologue for one of the women... All bit parts, he he would. Gross thought Hill has received a bum rap on the woman question. One of the things I think makes 48 Hours really more interesting than the average kind of movie like this is that although women play relatively small roles in the narrative, they kind of haunt everyone's imagination. The film is really sort of a screwball comedy about men and women trying to get together and not getting together, even though it is a very conventional gangster piece. This guy doesn't know anything about this movie that he co-wrote. No, that's not that. That's not forty hours at all. Did any of these women haunt your imagination? No, I just. Did you even think about them when they weren't on screen? No, I just looked at Annette O'Toole and thought, God, she's really pretty. But then, <laughs> then thought, God, she's not in this movie long enough. Like, how is this film a screwball comedy about men and women trying to get together and not getting together? Unless he means because Eddie Murphy's character wants to have sex. That's that's the screwball comedy part of men and women getting together. It's not interesting. No, it's not. Ooh, ooh a man wants to have sex after getting out of prison. Yeah, whoopie doo. I, this, I read this quote. I read this quote and I got enraged. Like, this guy, you know, he thought the other writer got a bum rap on the woman question. No, it sounds like he's getting way too much credit from at least one person. Uh, it's, it's like, just say we didn't care to have women in the movie. Yeah. So since that was uh, one of my problems too, what's your second problem? Okay. This is, this is slightly different, but it's, it's on brand for me. So, um, noticeable stunt doubles. The fight scene between Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, it's clearly not Eddie Murphy who is in like 90% of that fight. It's clearly a completely different person. And it's very noticeable, and that's that seems to be a thing with Eddie Murphy movies. Because there's one scene in Beverly Hills Cop where he throws a guy who's also in this movie actually across a table, and it's <laughs> you see the shot of the stunt double, and it it looks like Hightower from the Police Academy movies. It's this really big, massive black guy, just huge. Um, and that's that's just annoyed me for years. Yeah, because Nick Nolte is throwing punches and getting hit and um, getting flung about in this movie. Eddie Murphy does not. So noticeable stunt doubles is my second problem. Okay. I wanted to try and keep it light, Jen. Have you seen Face Off? I have, but it's been like yeah, 20 years. That is terrible for stunt doubles. Like the stunt mm. doubles in that movie have longer hair than the actors and it is noticeable. <laughs> It is crazy. We might get to that movie someday. In fact, we will get to that movie someday. Right, carry on. What's your second problem? Well, first, uh, like I was looking at the... I had taken a couple screenshots of uh, IMDb trivia I liked. And um, one is going to be needed for my second problem. And I wanted to go ahead and just share the other one. Uh, Do you know how many times the word fuck is said in this movie? Uh, No, I don't. 48. What was that? It's an accident. Yeah, I was gonna say but... I was gonna say fifty-two or something, but I didn't even think yeah, about the number. One for every hour. Okay, so my second problem, yeah. and this is gonna be it's gonna be really shocking to you. I'm really excited to see your reaction when you hear this shocking. Okay, problem. Um, racism. Yep. 
Yep, straight straight out the gate, there's racism with the the Native American character. Mm-hmm. Lots lots of racism towards him. Uh, I didn't write it all down. Um, right. At that point, I wasn't writing down all the slurs. They do say Indian a lot, and I will give them a fifteen percent pass because at this point, people it isn't as widely known that you should say Native and not Indian because yeah. it is nineteen eighty two, but. Watching it for the first time in 2021, uh, as some, especially as somebody who has a lot of Native friends. <laughs> so this is something, like, I see complaints about all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really upsetting to me. Um, and then, okay, so they go to Torchies, which, by the way, last night, the place that I got tipsy before I watched this was a place called Torchies. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, and by tipsy, I mean r- really, really drunk. because. Right. I don't know. Drinks were given to me. Whatever. Um, so they're at Torchies, which immediately you see a Confederate flag. So you know what's going to happen there. And it's country music, which like, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm impressed. Like, yeah. There, okay. So there's been racism in this movie, uh, but we haven't heard the N word. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling really good about that. Like, I'm surprised we haven't heard the N word yet. They waited 42 minutes to say yep. it, but they, but then they made up for it. Yeah. Um, and then, Within, like, 30 seconds of saying the N-word, they also throw in a faggot. Mm-hmm. Okay? Also, he gets punched after the guy says mm-hmm. the N-word. So it's a lot at once. It's a lot of hate uh, to take in at once. Um, here's some other things. Um, the word jive mm-hmm. is used, which is always fun. Uh, he gets called watermelon yep. a few times, which... I had never actually heard someone be called watermelon, so that was interesting. At one point, he says, and look, I understand this might not actually be a racist thing. Like, I don't believe it was in the context. However, it was a white man saying it to a black man. He says, I own you. Oh, no, absolutely. Probably shouldn't say that to a black man. Um, Colored loser, uh, spear chucker, boy, soul brother. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure I have nothing else written here for that. Um, oh, the bartender tells him he should order a black Russian. And then it's okay because later Nick Nolte said, I didn't mean that stuff. Right. Well, I, I that's part of my defense for Nick Nolte Ugh. saying, no, just bear with me. Okay. Right? I think Nick, I mean, I, there's no excuse, right? It's, it's four white men writing this. There's no excuse for it. Okay. And Eddie Murphy, this is his first movie. He was hardly going to say no, was he? So there's no excuse. But when Jack apologises to Reggie, he doesn't just say, I'm sorry for that. He also says it's his job to keep Reggie down, which to me is like him admitting that that's what cops do, that he has to do it as a cop. You can do that without being super racist. Of course you can. But then when Reggie says that it doesn't explain everything, so, you know, mm-hmm. they are acknowledging it, that he is still a racist piece of shit. But... It's still... It's a no, lot. No, no, no. I know. But I did like... I did like that line. I did like that it was my job to keep you down. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I, I actually do really like that, like, the fact that, you know, he acknowledges, like, I've been a racist piece of shit. Yeah. And, like... I feel I had to do that. It just it, there and there's ways like you could even 
I mean, you wouldn't. I was going to say if you, you know, made this movie now, but like you wouldn't make it this way no. now. Um, although they were going to make it a few years ago with uh, Gerard Carmichael, which I would have been interested in. But um, you could you could even have him be racist without as many incredibly offensive yeah. terms. If they told you know, that, there though, are ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but here's my IMDb trivia. Uh, Eddie Murphy states in his 2008 biography special that his character's name was originally scripted to be Willie Biggs. He had concerns with the name as it sounded too much like a Hollywood made-up black guy's name. Mm. He suggested the last name Hammond based on a raspy-voiced cool kid from his hometown named Terrence Hammond. Reggie was a compromise having by having just the first name be a typical Hollywood made-up black guy name. Like, the racism that Eddie Murphy must have been dealing with, like, beyond even... Like, they couldn't even... They still needed to have a black part of the name. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, good for him for speaking up. Like, I'm glad he spoke up. But, like, I just wonder what was going on in his head making this movie. And the thing is, is this movie was supposed to be made in the 70s. Um, Like, they started talking about this movie as early as 71. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be Clint Eastwood. And they had talked about Richard Pryor. And it wasn't made because they didn't think like anyone would watch a movie with with a black co-lead mm. i forget what richard Pryor did right before this but like once he proved people might actually pay money to see a black man perform for them uh <laughs> then they want to do it and he was too big at that point but like this is the world we're dealing with right now that like they didn't think they could even have a black man not even as the sole lead in the movie but as like the second lead in a movie yeah and it's in these oh these white guys writing this if it makes you feel any better, Eddie Murphy gets top billing in the second movie. Well, no, I this is this is what makes me feel better. In this movie, Eddie Murphy got four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this movie. Which, hey, this is his screen debut, yep. his big screen debut. That is a good paycheck. Even today, that would be a decent paycheck. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Nick Nolte got um a million. Yeah. For the second movie, Nick Nolte got three million, Eddie Murphy got seven. Because he was a bigger star at the time. That is good. But it just I'm it's not like I didn't think there'd be racism in this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was me in 82. And I, you know, we got 42 minutes in and it wasn't, it was, there was racism, but it wasn't nearly as bad as I had expected. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, they just tripled down on it. Yeah. And also I think they try to make it seem quote unquote, okay. When the, uh, Nick Nolte's boss also says the n-word he calls Eddie Murphy the Mm n-word and he's also a black guy but it Mm -hmm. doesn't work you know Um, he's allowed to say it he's black yeah exactly that's their mentality isn't it Uh, but it's still four white men writing it it's it's so bad like and you know that like I mean this is the kind of thing where you watch it and you're like man I bet those white men enjoyed this Mm -hmm. I bet they enjoyed writing this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's in there, right? Like, there was so much of it in so many different words. It's not like they're just saying the N-word. There were so many different things where it's just like these men had it in them, Mm -hmm. you know? They really, they probably had so much fun being racist and getting away with it. And also treating women like garbage. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's like... The racism in this movie is so bad that it overshadows the misogyny and the homophobia and even the racism towards the native guy. Talking about the native guy, Sonny Landham, um, he used to be a porn actor, like hardcore porn movies before he became a legit actor. Well, that's back in the 70s too, right? 
Yeah. When it's like, it's a little more mainstream. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Always baffles my mind when, like, the, like porn movies were released in some back in the 70s and they were almost legit to an extent. My, my, you know, I've never actually talked to my mom about this. It never occurred to me till just now. And I'm just wondering what would happen if I brought it up. But my dad's open about like, yeah, we went to go see some, some porn movies in the theater. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, it was totally normal. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, there's no shame there or anything. And it, and it's like always been so weird to me to imagine that my mother did that, which is how I know it was mainstream Mm -hmm. because like that is insane to me. (laughs) And I should ask her about it just to make her uncomfortable someday. Um, I was getting so angry. Like Dylan and I were both sitting there just like yelling and you know what we had to do after this? Mm. And I know there's question, like, some people consider this a buddy movie, some don't, because, like, they're not really buddies. They're also not um, cops. But, well, what yeah, is? but, well, that's why I said buddy, <laughs> not buddy cop, but it's a, it's a buddy movie, No, I know, right? I know, but some people um, consider this to be the first buddy cop movie, and it isn't. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, it's a buddy movie, so after this, we had to uh, then watch uh, 21 Jump Street to cleanse our palates. Right. Like Dylan, like I went to the bathroom. I came back, and Dylan was like, "Okay, I have a list of buddy movies for you, and uh, we're gonna we should watch one of these." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we watched Twenty One Jump Street to cleanse our palates. Yeah. Um, I I just haven't watched a movie this racist in so long. It was a lot for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and uh, that's probably when I messaged you. Yeah. Well, that's why I picked to it. Tell you that I. Hate that's why you. I picked it. Ugh. It's it's these films. We have so to talk bad. about them. I know it just it. This is the most racist film we've yeah. done, and we did sixteen candles. Yeah, it is. Um, oh yeah, and Frank McRae is the the boss, the chief in this, and he was in the last movie we did. He was in the Wizard. He was uh, Spanky in the Wizard. Oh, and he died right after we did that episode. He did. Yeah, that was really sad. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't have even recognized him except I'd just seen it, and so I saw I saw the obit and I saw his picture. And I was like, no, not Spanky. I was so sad. Yeah. So what's your third problem? My third problem. That is my third problem. Yeah, <laughs> there's a music video in this in this movie, like just over an hour in, an entire song by the Bus Boys, and Reggie's dancing, uh, and Jack's driving really fast to the bar. And it's the entire song, and it's not needed. It's essentially a music video in, a, in the middle of a movie. That sort of thing annoys me. Um, <laughs> another thing that annoys me in movies that happened a lot in the eighties. Yeah. Top Gun is basically just a bunch of music videos. Um, yeah. And look, I'll tell you what: we're not supposed to say things are gay, mm-hmm. and I generally don't. But Top Gun, Top Gun's very homosexual. That is the gayest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I never saw it till I was an adult, so I wouldn't be picking it for this podcast because it's not a movie for my youth. But man, I'd heard the jokes for years, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Damn, yeah. they were like not exaggerating with this movie." Mm-hmm. There's, it's not as though they're treating it as there's anything wrong with it in Top Gun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of almost like a celebration mm-hmm. of males being friends. And are yeah, are you ever gonna pick it? No. Okay, so I watched it for the first time, like I don't know, six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm watching the movie, and like most of the scenes with him and the like his love interest in the movie, I was watching them and I was thinking, this doesn't fit. This isn't right. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this just doesn't feel right. And then whenever I looked yeah. up the trivia after, it's like every single scene I thought that about was a reshoot later. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess they they saw it and they were like, this movie's too gay. Mm-hmm. We need him because she wasn't supposed to be a love interest. Right. And then they made her a love interest. And that has to be it. Right. Like, it has to yeah. be that they were just like, this is like su- super gay. And if you want to leave these gay volleyball scenes in, you need to give him a love interest. Like all the love scenes felt so unnatural and so out of place in that movie. And yeah. I'm like, this is bad if I noticed because I usually don't notice these things. But he had a love interest. Him and Val Kilmer should have got together at the end. It was like a love-hate relationship they had. Those two were meant for each other. Yeah. You can be my wingman anytime. Yeah, I know what that means. So, your third problem was that it was a music video in the middle of a movie. Yeah. But did you not notice that? <laughs> the bus boys are playing, this... the boys are back in town, and then... I mean, I, I, I did notice that. I didn't think of it as a music video. My problem is, at this point, I am just, like, so angry. Yeah. It's when movies play entire songs that bothers mm-hmm. me. It's okay to have a montage and then you're just playing like some of the song. But like Rocky Four, most of the soundtrack in Rocky Four is played in its entirety throughout the movie. The movie's like an hour and twenty nine minutes long. So it's not even ninety minutes and it's got like five music videos in it. It wasn't as egregious in this to the extent of it's still showing you... I mean, even... No, actually, it is egregious because we don't need to see Nick Nolte drive very fast to that bar. Mm-hmm. That doesn't... We don't need to see that. And then the music's playing over it and it's an entire song. And then that song's also played over the end credits. So with my third problem, I am going to uh, partially explain to you why I did not notice that. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> were you drawing a picture of me with daggers in no. my head? My my third problem with this movie mm-hmm. is I found it to be, and Dylan agrees with me very mm-hmm. much, I found it to be an incredibly boring movie. Mm. Despite all the, the racism and misogyny and everything, this movie was boring. At this point, I'm probably checked out mentally. <laughs> It, I mean, it probably doesn't doesn't help that I had those drinks and you can blame the bartender at Torchies who just brought me a drink without me asking for it. But, because that last one really did me in. Um, but I found it very boring. Mm-hmm. At w- And then here's the interesting thing. Dylan and I were talking about it and I was he, he was talking about how boring it was. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't tell you the plot of this movie. And he was like, well, I knew the plot of the movie, but I just found it boring. And he, <laughs> what's crazy is that it turns out I was following the plot of the movie. The plot just wasn't as interesting as action movies usually are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like that they're they're going after you know these guys that escaped or whatever. But like, I thought there must be more to it that I missed. It was a boring yeah. movie. I was bored. I was not happy. Like that's the thing is like, <laughs> I was like, here's the sad thing, and I don't like saying this mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, I might be a bad person. Right. It's almost like the racism and misogyny was good because I was so bored that it at least kept it from being too boring. Yeah, it gave you something to complain about <laughs> and think about. Until the racism fully kicked in, I was like, I might have to message Jimmy and say we can't do this because like, I don't have anything to say. Right. Like, I can complain about, like, the dumb skirt thing or yeah. whatever. But at that point, I'm just like, I don't have anything to say about mm-hmm. this. Um, until they got to Torchies, I was just like, this might be a problem. This might be like that, Um, uh, what was the uh, Patrick Dempsey movie we watched? Run. 
run that it might be like run where it's just like we can't record mm-hmm. this because I, I like it would be like when we watched the MacGyver pilot mm-hmm. right like that I just don't have anything to say yeah. and I don't want Jimmy to have to sit through a podcast with me like just not having anything and so the sad thing is it was good when it got super racist because then it gave me something to talk about and it was still a little more interesting than the first 15 minutes of the sequel <laughs> Although Dylan did point out, if you're watching the sequel and you've seen the first one, maybe it's not as boring. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, God, I was just so bored. don't think the second one is boring, per se. I just think it's... Right, I can't I can't get too much into it because if we do do it one day, because we're going to do a, yeah. a theme month of movies, sequels to movies that we've covered. So that's it'll be a little while down the line. Oh, a little while down the line. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's not going to be anytime soon. Okay? Well, it sucks because I really want to watch My Girl too, but I don't want to watch the sequel to right. this. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think we need to get another couple of films under our belt that have sequels first, I think. Because I'm not going to do Police Academy 2 or 3 or 4 or 5 <laughs> or 6 or 7. Uh, oh, can I tell you about something uh, that happened when we were watching this movie that made Dylan freak out? Yep. So he looked up Walter Hill, mm-hmm. the director, because he wanted to yep. see what else he'd done. And he is not impressed by what he's seeing. I mean, well, he Dylan really loves Brewster's mil- Millions. So mm-hmm. there was that. But he's just like looking through it and he's just like, I don't even know what some of these things are. This, this like some of this just is not good. And then he's like, do you know the movie The Assignment? And I'm like, no, what's that? He's like, it's, it's a yeah. Michelle Rodriguez movie. And seeing the look on his like the anger on his face it all came flooding back to me and i was like that's a that's a that's a transphobic movie yes dylan lost apparently he missed this controversy Mm -hmm. five years ago when this movie came out yep and he was so mad i think it made him hate 48 hours even more right okay that let's just talk about that right the assignment Mm-hmm. That's even the title. In the UK, the movie's called Tomboy. Ew. Yeah. Hey, that's worse. Right, carry on, sorry. Following an ace assassin who is double-crossed by gangsters and falls into the hands of a rogue surgeon known as the Doctor, who turns him into a woman. Wait. That's a really bad sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hitman, now a hit woman, sets out for revenge, aided by a nurse named Johnny, who also has secrets. Like, this person is... They do surgery on him to make him a female. After not taking pills or anything first, mm-hmm. he all of a sudden is magically uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez has always been sort of called manly anyway. Like sort of mm-hmm. tomboyish anyway. She's a male energy. And that's that's kind of wrong. And then you've got the fact that mm-hmm. this is the very first movie where Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez does a nude scene. Oh, it is? Yeah, she's standing in front of the mirror after and she's looking at our naked body people think that like if you're in the lgbtqia community that like everyone's supportive of each Mm -hmm. other or whatever and it just shows like that's not true because she is queer Mm -hmm. like i can't remember how she identifies if it's just straight up bisexual or what but she she is in that community and she made this fucking movie exactly and she should have known better also fun fact uh fast nine whatever it's called Mm f9 i guess is coming out soon that movie i never realized this before and i i can't believe i didn't notice before and i'm so angry about it this movie is the first time that jordana brewster 
and uh, Michelle Rodriguez speak to each other in the Fast and the Furious movies. Don't they speak in the first one? Apparently not. Like, the actresses demanded they have a scene where they speak to each other in this movie because they had never spoken to each other before in the movies. Now I'm remembering that they don't speak in the first movie. They're just sort of there. God, the assignment. My... And, you know, she's really lucky that, like, like that movie still, even with the controversy, like, it flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. Like, because Michelle Rodriguez, wouldn't that be something that would get her cancelled? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'm going to defend Walter Hill slightly. Okay. Um, but this is before right. he made the assignment. Um... <laughs> Because Walter Howe made The Warriors and he made Southern Comfort and those two movies are really, really good. I've never seen them. Yeah, they're great movies. He also made Red Heat with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim Belushi, which is just an Arnold Schwarzenegger like action cop movie uh, in 1987. And that's not very good, but it's still one that I liked when I was a kid. So, Walter Howe has made a couple of, at least a couple of good movies. This isn't a badly made movie, you know, it's just he's a competent enough director. And have you seen the Rotten Tomato scores for this film? No. 93% critic Mm. and 69, nice, percent uh, (laughs) audience. And I, I was just like, I was looking that up and I was like, you know, Roger Ebert gave this a good review. And he did. Okay, so my positive of this movie is Eddie Murphy because it was his first film role and straight out the gate he's just like so confident and he's just so like so mature and so sort of um, sure of himself and he was only 21 when he made this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, because he was in SNL when he was 19. I didn't realise he was that young. Yeah. All right. So t- 21 years old and straight away you think he's older. He's just so confident in himself. and Also, people just looked older back then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not a huge fan of his stand-up stuff. Yeah, it just shows how talented he was. Like, you know, SNL, when it went into reruns, the uh, non-lorn years, the 80 to 85, mm-hmm. um, the only stuff they aired, and I don't know if this is still the case, but the only stuff they aired for years and years were um, edit, they would edit episodes to where it was only Eddie Murphy sketches. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the big Eddie Murphy special? Uh, he he made two, Delirious and Raw. Raw, okay, I, I thought that. Um, that's one of those things I wish I'd watched years ago because mm-hmm. I would love to see it's like one of the most important stand-up specials ever mm-hmm. but from what I know about it I could not handle it now there's a lot of stuff that I understand is very offensive that mm-hmm. I wish I had watched <laughs> before I knew better so I could because like I understand appreciating things for his time right yeah. but like there's there's certain levels where I just know I'm not going to do that so I yeah. just never get to watch Raw. It's it's intentionally offensive. He's trying to push buttons. He's doing it to be offensive. And there was a point in my life where that kind of content was for me. There's a mm-hmm. time in my life where I was like, they need to bring back Family Guy because that's a hilarious show. And now it's never fucking ending. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I mean, I guess this is like early to mid 2000s, right? Like, yeah. and I think people forget that there was a huge chunk of time where that show wasn't even on. Like, yeah. this is, this is, you know, a time when I'm watching South Park and I'm like, but they make fun of everyone. So uh, mm-hmm. it's okay. 
That's yeah. when I should have watched all this shit. <laughs> and now I'm like, no, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Family Guy get cancelled for a few years. People tend to forget that. Yeah, it's because it, it was it was like I think there were three or four seasons. We had them on DVD and we watched them all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And um, then it, it like it was one of the very first things to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these days everything comes back. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the like really early ones. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my positive. Mm-hmm. And I almost made Eddie Murphy my positive. So there's a point towards like I think it's near the end where uh, they're talking to I guess it's um Jack's boss and his boss says just because you say it with conviction it don't mean shit to me and I'm like I like that line that's my positive yeah. I like that line <laughs> one line but like I thought you were going to say your, your positive was the end credits because that meant the movie was over no and I do I you know there was a point where Dylan and I had paused it and we were talking about like this is supposed to be a comedy. This isn't funny. But like once mm-hmm. I did find it funny after Torchies when he's like, okay, give me the gun and give me the knife. Like that's funny mm-hmm. that like he caught Eddie Murphy like stealing these things. Um, yeah. But like there was something about that line and like the delivery is good and everything. But it like it was one of those lines where I'm like, you should get pr- that printed on a T-shirt. Like I get that. Like <laughs> just because you say it with because that's a problem I have. Right. Is like I'll truly believe something. I'll know it's right. And I and and you do that thing where you just like you're talking to someone who disagrees with you, and you're just like, I really feel like you should understand that if I feel this so strong, or not even not even that, because that's like that applies more to like kind of political stuff or whatever. But say I'm arguing with someone about a fact, right? Like mm-hmm. like the time somebody at work this is years ago, somebody at work told me Dis- Marvel had just gotten the rights back to Fantastic Four. And that Mm -hmm. now Chris Evans was going to be playing his character from Fantastic Four and Captain America. And I was like, that is incorrect. You have bad information. And she was like, no, 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 that is that's actually true. And I was like, that that's incorrect. Like, I know it for a fact. I know it in my heart and Mm -hmm. I know it because I know things. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not how it's going. And it's and it just it felt like if I know something, if I am so sure of something that I know for a fact is right, that this person should understand, like they should feel yeah. my conviction, right? And agree with me. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that when this when this character said, just because you say it with conviction, it don't mean shit to me. And I'm like, I need to remember that. Like, this is good advice. Just because I yeah. truly know it. Dylan thought I was going to punch a girl at a, a store called Bye Bye Baby. Because she saw me in my Veronica Mars movie t-shirt. This is around the time the movie came out. And she was like, yeah, FX bought Veronica Mars. And there's going to be three more seasons. And I was like, that is not true. And she was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, no, Kristen Bell has a show on Showtime. Mm-hmm. FX has not purchased this show. And they definitely didn't order it for three full years. And she was like, no, 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 it's true. And I, she did not know what she was talking about. Who, which one of us is wearing the Veronica Mars t-shirt, right? Like, I know this. Exactly. And I just walked away. And Dylan was like, how did you walk away from that? And I'm like, she'll she'll find mm-hmm. out. She'll find out she's wrong. Yeah. And I just, like, I need to remember what this guy said <laughs> in this movie that I hated. Because that is yeah. really important for me to remember. So it's my it's my positive because it's honestly just something that I really need to like have tattooed on my arm or something. But as long as you know that you were right, that's the main thing, Jen. It just no, it shows growth because you know that thing that and it happens. I mean, some people are like this forever, but it's a thing that so many of us go through, especially like nerds or whatever, go through in our like mm-hmm. teens and our early twenties. Is like you know better than everyone else. You like the yeah. thing more. 
and you are smarter than the other person. So obviously, you know better <laughs> and you are not going to shut up until they admit that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's luckily I knew someone who was so bad about that, that it completely changed me. Like, yeah. I was sitting around with one of his roommates and she was listening to, I think of Rillavine or something. And he was like, ugh, why are you listening to that? She's like, I like it. And he's like, but she's so bad. And he's like going on and on about how much she sucks. And he's like, why don't you listen to this? And Mm -hmm. names a bunch of other bands. She's like, I like those bands, but I also like this. And he's like, aren't you embarrassed? She's like, no, I'm not embarrassed of what, what I like. I really like what I like. And he got so angry at her. For not really? being ashamed of what she liked. And I realized that for years I'd been hanging out with this guy and totally like hiding certain things I liked because I knew how he would react and I was embarrassed. And I watched my friend not be mm-hmm. embarrassed and I was like, I need to be like her. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. I like a Levine. I have a first album. And I had it hidden in my closet so no one would see it in my CD collection. And because uh, I didn't want to deal with someone like insulting my stuff, someone that I thought had mm-hmm. better taste. And I was like, well, first of all, he doesn't have better taste. And second of all, I shouldn't be embarrassed of my stuff. No, like what you like. And now I'm not I'm not embarrassed. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll only get embarrassed if it's something like entourage. <laughs> well, no, I don't I don't get embarrassed. <laughs> but it's like um, or like what we'll do next week. American Beauty. Oh. Oh. I'll get a little embarrassed about that, but I'm I'm looking forward to okay. watching it because I do want to see like I'm not looking. Do forward I to still love it, this Jack. this masterpiece? <laughs> My, it's not a masterpiece. <laughs> oh Jesus! Right, okay. So that's what we're covering next week: American fucking beauty. Right. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been wanting to rewatch it for so long, and I just never get around to it. And I'm just I'm so ready. Uh, right, so that's all we have time for. If you'd like to send us emails, contact at shiftedbench.co.uk. Let us know why you like 40 hours. And if you like 40 hours, that's fine. Like what you like. It's all right. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is okay, Jen. It is perfectly okay for people to like 40 hours. All right. Shiftedbench.co.uk is a website. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, it's at dropthepilotpod. Where can people follow you on the internet, Jen? I tweet it at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And uh, I have a Party of Five rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. So it's American Beauty from 1999, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Next. Um, yeah. So join us for that next week. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.